This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. You have to be 21 to listen to this particular episode. Last night, we were walking the dogs and for some reason, Rhythm is Gonna Get You by Miami Sound Machine came into my head and we're walking and I say, Rhythm is gonna get you. And then Teal goes, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that movie. You had to be there, but it was hilarious because it was like right on time. Welcome to another episode of Lamazons and Leprechauns, where two women at opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I am the six foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black, and the person making all the noise with her Velcro watch Oops. is. <laughs> I'm the five foot furious Rochelle Sherman. <laughs> and today we have a special trifecta episode. Are you done with that? Nope. I'm dealing with children here. Children. Um, in which our topics converge the topics of. Pot, parents, and pupils. Pot, we're going to start with because we here in Arizona just legalized the marijuana. It was previously um, for medical purposes only, but you had to get a card and it was like $300. Yes, there was a medical dispensary down the road from uh, my house. And I did not have a medical card, but my mother went there to get a medical card. And... um, when she walked in the door, they took her picture <laughs> and had her pay $300 and then asked her to go sit down and wait. And so she she was like, oh, well, I guess I didn't have to worry about proving my, my need for it. And that's pretty was much it. guaranteed. Yeah. So the whole fact of it being medical, as we found when they first made it medical, air quotes, in California, we're like, well, let's go check this out. And we were in Venice Beach, and it was all just the same type of thing. It was all just, uh, well, does your back hurt? Or no, Teal shaking his head. Oh, by the way, we have a, a guest in studio. The fabulous Teal Black is here because hi, he hi. he has uh, some information on this topic so, as well. So let's go back to that. You remember yeah, that? So we went when we got the uh, our medical marijuana card in California. The guy actually talked to me. My whole medical interview was him discussing how seraphim angels were alive and on the planet Mm. and how to detect them because they could not tell any lies. It was such a bizarre story. (laughs) I was so entertained and actually left feeling like I had spent my money wisely for just having that experience of just batshit crazy. But then after that, they just gave him the card. Yeah, so, they gave me the card. But I, and I think, I remember, I thought there was something in there like, do you have any back pain? Like at the end of all that, it was like, do you have any back pain? And you're like, yeah, sometimes. And then here, there was your prescription. And then he got to go, then we had to go find a dispensary because that was just the doctor. Oh, see here, the doctor and the dispensary, same location. Right. They, okay. uh, they, I, I don't remember exactly what question they asked my mom, but I think she was like, I have arthritis. And they said, okay. <laughs> and that was it. $300. Literally. Yeah. Well, right. she had already paid the $300 walking in the door. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. She said, I have arthritis. They said, okay. She went back out in the waiting room. But 10 or 15 minutes later, they gave her the card and they said, okay, go through there. 
And she came out with the biggest bag of goodies. Oh, my God. They gave her so much weed and, you know, edibles and magazines and all, just all and kinds she just of stuff. Tried, she was thrilled. She was a kid in a candy store, oh, literally. very much so. So <clears throat> when we approved it on our um, election day, there was talk that we, it wasn't going to go into, going go into effect, effect until January 1st. But, but then... But, well, and originally they said it was going to be like till March. Right. Till everything gets switched over. But yes. all of a sudden, and without anything on the news, all of a sudden I see social media of people like, I just went and got my, uh, my goodies. The line was a little longer. I ordered my goodies online and went and picked them up like you do now with your little right. Caesars pizza. Yes. They're very much into the contactless delivery. So um, if our, I've mentioned to listeners before that I myself cannot partake anymore since I had my gallbladder out in like 2008. I just can't. Okay, there's some debate in this we, room we about. The of that <laughs> well, no, I but can't. I mean, if you are not comfortable with indulging, you shouldn't be forced. Anyway, and right. as soon, oh, yeah. basically, as soon as it, although it, we will tease you with some peer pressure, I bet peer as soon pressure, as it got, um, as it turned into medicinal, it just got too, too, way too strong. Yes. So, as uh, there are two people in this room that are not me that have um, tried out the new dispensaries now that it is legalized so yes walk me through your ex- experience and the product itself go with go Rochelle um so I did not do medical I uh, just felt better waiting until recreational got approved and I figured once medical went so well and a lot of the states started to fall in as far as recreational I, I didn't think we'd be too long to get there and I was right we got there I mean I'm still alive so um I was driving past one of the dispensaries by me and I didn't see a line out in front of it. I had heard on the news that they had released 86 licenses just all of a sudden, boom, here we go. 86 dispensaries got licensed to provide recreational marijuana. And is there signage so you can see them out from the street? Mm, Some are very visible. The one that I went to, not so much. Very low key. So I thought, well, I had... I had played hooky from work that day (laughs) for my son's birthday, but he was still in school and I didn't see a line. I thought, well, I'll go in and take a look. I'm so curious. I'm just going to take a look. Just going to go take a look. Let's go see what they've got. I went in. They took my ID. They entered my information. Um, Gosh, I think it, it wasn't even 10 minutes. They sent me to the back and... And to the goodies room. Right. Now... In Arizona, the marijuana for medical people and for recreational people, it's the exact same stuff, which worried me a little because I am a lightweight, big time. But the gentleman behind the bar was like, okay, this is probably what you should look for then as far as like how much THC is in it. Uh, Walked me through some of the strains and the differences between them. The location I went to is cash only, as many of them are. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, great, I, you know, I might be back. I had to go mull it over. I was kind of certain which type I wanted based on some of his explanations. And I was like, well, I have cash at home. I'll think about it. And then I did wind up going back and I purchased two different strains and I use very little, but the effect is quite pleasant. And I have to say that a lot of the anxiety about it has been lifted because it's no longer an illegal substance. 
So I feel more comfortable using it. Not as paranoid as you were back in the day. Yeah, I had an issue with paranoia. Mostly, you know, I mean, I'm neurotic as it is. So I was sure that even though I was stoned and walking around in my neighborhood, a cop was going to stop me. And even though I didn't have marijuana on me, he was going to be like, you're high as a kite. I'm going to your house and taking your child. And (laughs) I don't know. I had all sorts of reasons why I was paranoid about it. Now, when we went to San Diego, it was interesting because we were, um, we stayed at Ocean Park. And about every couple of hours, this big tour bus would come by of a particular dispensary Mm -hmm. and had their signage all over the outside. And at first I'm like, hey, they're going to, it's, it's like a, you know, like an, right. (laughs) But I thought it was like like an ice cream truck, like nice drinks. (laughs) I thought it was like an oxygen bar for pot where you just went in and like got high on the bus or something. But of course it was COVID. He's like, well, I wouldn't go do that. Well, it turns out that wasn't it either. It was a tour bus in which you hopped on and it took you to their dispensary which is some ways off. So in the way it was in your face, but then not in your face. So then when we actually went to locate one ourselves, it was in a, I will say, sketchy industrial park with no signage. Oh, wow. Yeah, just a real sketchy, like, it looked like a, a plywood door. Oh, right. Sketchy. You know, when we did our rando nodding and, you know, it ended up taking us to weird places with, like, no signage that looked like empty buildings. It was like that, except there was an, an awning in the line of, like, eight people out front so it's either like what is going on it could have been a fight club you know oh no 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 look like even that. even the one that i go to which has what i would consider to be minimal signage it is very clean there are lots of windows it is not dark it is not sketchy at all uh most of them as a matter of fact are how would you there the signage is is quite noticeable um the buildings are very pretty they're very well done um the dispensaries in Vegas look like Apple stores. Yes. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what that's a little bit what Arizona's like. Um yeah. let's see, there's one that is over by my work on university that has like really beautiful mural mural painting all over the outside oh, of the so building. Fancy. Um there are ones as you come down Camelback that I think are um maybe directed at an older crowd. They're very clean and modern looking. The dispensary that's over by me that also had the medical office attached is quite formal to look at. I mean, they are really putting on the serious business front. Right. They, they do not look sketchy at all. So I was wondering um, when it was approved, how does this affect people with petty drug marijuana possession crimes, etc.? Like, yes. are they automatically set free no. or how does that, how does that work? Are all their records automatically expunged because, well, it's not a crime anymore. So it's shouldn't all of those anymore. individuals automatically be let go? So just to I answer petty per- possession offenses, that should be the case. But. You would think so here, here it is. And this is Lerner and Row is our source here. Lerner and Row, It's the way to go. Call 977. I think it's 19. We don't want to false advertise here. Oh, yeah. Oops. We don't want to false advertise, but. Murder and (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Learner and Johnson. So, under the new statute, um, those who were convicted or charged with possessing, consuming, or transporting 2.5 ounces of marijuana 
um, if in the form of concentrate 12.5 grams or less are eligible to petition for the expungement of any record of their arrest charge conviction or uh, adjudication and that sentence. sounds that sounds pretty fair 2.5 ounces to me would be a fairly considerable amount but not above what you would consider private use for some people in addition to that those who were convicted or charged with possessing transporting cultivating or processing no more than six mar- marijuana plants at their primary residence for personal use are also eligible to petition for expungement it seems like you know, you're growing these at your home and there's less than six. Why should it have even been a crime in the first place? But anyhow, yeah. you ha- basically it's on you to go through the process and pay an attorney to go fight all of this but stuff. What about people that are in jail? That's what I'm saying. If you are already in jail. There are people in jail. There for are that little of, of, yeah, of an amount. And, right. and, and that brings me to the last part. Um those who were convicted or charged with possessing, using, or transporting paraphernalia related to cultivation, manufacture, processing, or consumption. So if you had a pipe. Right. And you're just a small little pipe. Or or what? Rolling papers? Mm-hmm. Or anything related Probably to like paraphernalia. Probably cool rolling papers that we used to get with like the little pictures of fruit on them or the little <laughs> wire in it. Anything related to that. They Those they were good. individuals, <laughs> again, they are eligible to petition for expungement. So they w- these are people already arrested, even for something like that. Have to go through the trouble to get an attorney, pay for it, and try to get it expunged. And that doesn't even mean that they will. And we can look at the statistics that also show you that the majority of those individuals are non-white. So we get back into that yeah. issue. Well, I mean, I'm at least glad that Arizona <clears throat> is considering it. I think it's a good first step. I think that they can work towards just plain expunging it. I, I don't want to sound, sound like an old stickler, but they did do it while it was illegal. You have to make that choice. If you're choosing to do something illegal, aren't you choosing the consequences? Although I will state that that is a whole lot of consequences for a little bit of pot. Right. And so I it, think because of it being legal in so many places and so many people are benefiting from the business side mm-hmm. of it, doesn't it seem a little lopsided to still have people in prison for just a petty mm-hmm. paraphernalia offense? I think that within the next few years, we will definitely see... Um, an improvement in that particular situation. I hope so. Netflix had a really good documentary. I think we talked about it a little bit before called The Business of Drugs. Oh, oh yeah. Really, really good. And one of their episodes was just totally on cannabis. Um, despite the legalization of pot in California, roughly 80% of the state's cannabis sales still occur on the black market. And it talks about why. It also talks about how the majority of people who own these businesses are white. So there's another systemic problem there that the people who own it and are making money and benefiting from it are mostly white. And the people that um, are in jail as criminals for petty offenses related to it and small amounts that wouldn't be worth much at all happen to be black or non-white. And this conversation, after we hear about more about the experience of you doing the pot. Um, I want to talk about this racial disparity as we go on into our parents' discussion that has to do with some things that happened to me. 
oh my this week oh. that do not have to do with pot because i have less to do with pot here because i can't do it but you all can so anyhow so let's hear about it is it you do the sativa do you do the indica what are we looking at is it too strong for you what do you feel? Here, DL, take the wheel. Let's talk about your experience in the world of medical, because you had a card, right? Yeah, I did actually have a card for a while. Uh, you know, I went through the whole process and, and told him about the very severe pain that I had in my shoulder. Some days it was just so hard I could barely even move it. There's sarcasm did, in did that. Did I rush that? <laughs> It's a very dry humor he yeah. has for. And so, you know, you go in there, you do the whole medical. Well, tell me how this feels. Ow. Oh, okay, we'll give you the card. You're right, you're going to give me the card. Well, they just don't just give it. Yeah, $300 for it back then. Yeah, it's so, anyways, but then you go in there and. Now. Right. Now you just go into the into the dispensary. They do the same check in because they want to know who they want to know who is there. Um, and then you go in and then you have your bud tender. Mm-hmm. Which is now a profession. Is that their name? Bud tender? Bud tenders, yes. Sound like a bud budrista would be better. You could say that too. I think sometimes, yeah, that's that He's works. the budrista. But they'll tell you so remember the uh the scene in Half Baked where the guy gets the pot and he goes, Well tell me what about it and he goes, Well it has these notes of you know, oak and pine and has real fur and he's like, like a wow. sommelier. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, these people a pot molier. And do the, yeah, do the same thing. So smoke they're very molier. smoke molier, weed molier. So they'll come in and they'll tell you about the, uh, the different types and you know, what you're going for, what you're interested in. And you know, Oh yeah. You have a dis- deep discussion about the existential nature of the universe. And then they <laughs> tell you what type of pot to take. So almost like having that um, hippie guru doctor when it was just medical years ago in, in uh, Straight, Venice yes. Beach. Still on brand. Totally still on brand. Yes. <laughs> so nothing much has changed except sans the $300 that you don't have to pay now. Right. Nowadays, um, if I go in, I have to stand in line. I have to check in. I am recreational. If someone with a medical card goes in, they do not need to do the check-in line. They can skip that. They can go straight into the room where it is sold. They show someone there, their medical. They tell them their name, and they get called first. It's like it's like the... Uh, it's a TSA card. It's a TSA mm, thing a at the bit. airport. I was thinking more like it's, the, it's the pass at Disneyland. You know how, it was a fast, it's a fast pass. pass. Yes. They're paying $300 a year for a pass. Are they still going to sell some them? Of the, some of these people get a little bit emotional about having to wait. Dude, I didn't even have to wait that long, and there were people there that were... Like shuffling their feet. I've and had to wait for angry. five minutes. Yeah, for it was my bizarre. Pot. But right. the place hmm. that I go, you can order online and go pick it up. So I see a smartphone in your hand. Are you really that dumb? Just pre-order it if you know what you want. Yeah. You can be online and see what they have in stock. I don't know. It was weird. So well, um, tell me about well, what's the other clientele? Who's in Who's in the store? Who's in line? You know what's interesting is just about everybody, right? There mm-hmm. are, I would say. Um, Old people. There are old guys, old white guys. Yeah, I would have to say you could swing a dead cat and probably hit um, mostly white men uh, over 40. Okay, that would probably be one of the biggest demographics. Uh, Then you step down from there and it's younger 
white guys probably in their yeah like there's a bunch of teals and a little older sorry and then some sorry, and then some millennials and then some millennials you um, but it's not to say that women aren't there the strange thing is when the women come in and this is what i've noticed uh, and this may just me being shitty there's a lot of pajama and slipper wearing women <clears throat> with their hair up in messy buns and i'm like oh you couldn't even like how old are they they look like they rolled out of bed and wore what stuck. Um, a little younger than me, but not in the twenties. Probably like early thirties. So yeah. yeah, yeah, the millennial range. Yeah. Um, and then, but really, just a, quite a, a wide spectrum. I'm I don't stick out like a sore thumb. I look like anybody else in there. All right. So product. The product is interesting. They now, have earlier we we were talking about how it was back in the day, or you were primarily talking before we started recording. Correct. I walked in to the dispensary with my marijuana lingo being that the weed was either weed or creeper. And that's the lingo that I knew. Those were the two types of weed that existed. We had skunk down, down in the, you know, yes. Redondo area. That was, it was skunk weed, which was really the good weed. Right. Uh, the weed was never that good here. Nobody ever referred to it as skunk. I don't no. know. Not that we knew. Um, so uh, I was nervous. There is a unbelievable gamut of names that go anywhere from, um, oh, it's bubblegum. I'd or be it's overwhelmed. Wreck, or, you know, cherry it's pie. It's Pineapple Express. Pine yes, there is a Pineapple Express strain. It's like strain. getting a coffee where people know exactly what order they want and they have that special lingo that they're going to talk about. And then you're the person that gets up there and goes, yeah, I'd like, I'd like coffee. coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was it exactly. Um, but the gentleman behind the bar was, was very nice about it. Now... The Bud Mollier. Yes. The Smoke Mollier. Uh, so there are monitors above. There are products, edible products in the cooler behind it. Boy, you name it. There are drinks, cookies, chocolates, gummy bears, lotions, potions, blah, 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 blah. I'm a hippie. I don't want a cartridge. That sounds dangerous. Can I just get some weed? And they're like, oh, you want flour. Right. I don't want right. flowers. I want some weed. Well, it's <laughs> called flower. It doesn't look like a flower. That flower looks dead. But um, <laughs> so apparently that is what I want. And then there are, is the indica strains, which have a higher CBD content. They're more about being relaxed and relieving pain. And then there are the sativa strains, and those are more energizing and cerebral. And that's more about being high, laughing, you know, the giggly weed. And then there are hybrids, which apparently give you the best of both worlds. Um, and I'm like, God, I don't even know. I don't know what to get. I don't, I didn't know what to get. Um, I, it's a little I understand it. It it's is a, a little, little intimidating, intimidating but the people like are very nice. They understand. And then once you try it, if there's something that you like and you say, well, I had this and I liked it. And they're like, oh, well, do you want something similar or something completely different? They know the stuff that well that they can say, if you want something along those lines, try this. If you want something that's the total opposite, this is what you want. They're very knowledgeable. So what did you get? Because this is this this has all happened within the past couple of weeks yes. as far as people being able to just 
go and try it out and order online. So you both tried this experience. So what it what what what'd you come home with? What were your goodies? Well, my first thought was I'll get one of each type of strain to decide what I liked the best. Did I want indica or did I want sativa? And so I got I didn't do that. I goofed it up and I got a hybrid and an indica. <laughs> Oops. But I liked the name. So the first one I got was called Lemon OG. And it smelled beautiful. Oh God, it smelled so good. And then the other one that I got was called Master Kush. And apparently that's just a nice basic indica to try. And I took them home and I tried them and I actually really enjoyed aspects of both, but I will state that they were two totally different highs. And then most recently I decided, well, I'll get the third type. Oh, you went back a second time. I went back, yes, because I thought I had a sativa and an indica and I went online to that website that I sent you and found out that no, I had purchased a hybrid and an indica. <laughs> so I went back to get something that was just a sativa. Okay, and let me let me just um, interrupt at this point to say that in the past 10 days, I've received various messages from Rochelle, <laughs> types of messages I haven't, um, you know, words I haven't heard her say out of her mouth since like circa um, 2000. And they are things like, OMG, I'm so high right now. Yeah. Like these are messages I'm getting or I'll get, I got too high. Well, because, I'm too high. So, And that is because in my old school hippie lingo, when I said, you know, weed was either this or it was a creeper, meaning that if you took a hit, you wanted to wait 15 or 20 minutes because that's how long it took to actually start having an effect. Way back in the old days, if you took a hit of weed, it would happen. Or right. if it didn't happen right away, you knew it was a creeper and wait, don't keep hitting it. Or you're going to be really The rabbit up. hole goes down really far. Well, no, they didn't understand exactly what I was talking about. And that lemon one is a creeper. And so but one you day didn't know I you tried it. Yes, I had gotten into the sangria a little early and I decided that I was also going to enjoy a little marijuana. Oh, and I bad. took my first hit. Yes, I now know. Don't mix. I took my first hit and I was like, oh, I don't really feel anything. Let me try it again. And I was like, dang it. Just am I doing something wrong here? I can't even hardly taste known. it. So I did it again. Three times. Three times. And then a half an hour later, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, that, and then I get the text. And that's when it. I sent you the text. Oh. <laughs> but now I know that the lemon one is a creeper. So I take a hit and I have 15 minutes to get my beverage, get my shoes on and get ready to go take a walk because it's going to it hit. Off. Yes, I do enjoy going outside and walking it off because no. it's private time. I never have the house to myself anymore. Somebody is always there. I like to get a little bit high and, and go leave. for a walk and be the only person in my space right then. Now, you show me a picture of the um, the amount it takes. <laughs> and was that the uh, the hybrid or does it, ma it doesn't matter which one? They're it, all it that doesn't bad? matter. That I so, use about half that much because like I said, that's the amount that I is, put in the pipe. And I'm then I take one hit. pot on the grain scale. As opposed to like ounces, she's just taking I have to tell you, it, she showed me a picture and it was literally like a crumb. And so and I think even that would not, that it would correct. be too much for me. Well, like I said, yeah. I don't smoke that entire piece either. That'll probably last me two times easily. So two days. 
have a tiny crumb. Yes. Because it's way my, too strong. Marijuana is way, too, way strong. too strong. I honestly thought that there would be um, a variation on what they were selling. That's why I thought it was going to take so long to take effect because I thought that they would bring in weaker strains for the recreational people. Kind of like the difference between the alcohol percentage in, say, a beer versus a bottle Vodka. of bourbon. Sure. A very, you know, a hard liquor. Yeah, I think I think the legalized one, you can only have about 25%, but the medical goes up higher. You know, it goes seen, even more. Oh, it goes oh, stronger yeah, than it, what I'm doing? Oh, oh yeah. my God. Oh, my God. But I thought that the people with a medical card got the same... It's all the same well, stuff. You know, well, to can, be honest, that's what it looks stuff. like. They can buy the legal stuff, but then they have access to you know something. Special. Oh, so the fast pass gives them more. Oh, definitely. They can okay, so everything. well, and I will say this: when I saw the people purchasing for medical, I didn't really see them purchasing flour. I saw them purchasing more the um, edibles. The um, oh god, what is that stuff called? It's wax. Yeah, but they also call it. Shatter. Yes. Shatter? Shatter. It's, it's, a, it's whole, a concentrate. Like, it's really nomenclature that... It, there's no way. I won't even... I don't even want to look at that stuff. I think I could you get You said another word, though. Package. Was it dibs? Dabs? Dab. Dab. Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. I don't I don't even know. I don't know. know. I, you know what? Okay, so... Between... Okay, so let's finish up with your two... Now, your two trips here. So you got how much of each one of these things? Uh, so the first time I went, because I bought two different ones I bought an eighth of each which is not very much remember when we used to buy quarters okay it's half of that right it's an eighth it's 3.5 grams now a quarter would be like 25 bucks because it was a quarter because it was a and quarter like a 40 would be like 40 that'd be a half it would be a half that yeah it's like 40 that was bucks. 40 bucks so how much 40 bucks well spent how much is an eighth uh now an eighth is if you get the cheap stuff it's 30 right. if you get the uh, decent stuff, what I would term the middle of the road, that's about 40 for an eighth. What's the, what's the top di- end, your top tier is about is around 60 50 to 60 for yeah. flour. Yeah. And what's the difference between like the tiers is, you know. It would probably be the um, quality of. THC concentration. Okay. Yeah. So even like the lowest, lowest, lowest one is still like 10 times more than any like Mexican shake that ever came up I this way. I didn't get a good yes. look at the one that was selling for 30 for an eighth. You went for the middle tier. I always try to go middle of the road on everything. So you spent like 100 bucks, 120? The What'd first time I went, it, so it's 40 and then with all the taxes, because the difference between mer- between medical and recreational is the tax levels. 16% in Arizona. is 16%. Uh, if you have a medical card, you do pay a lower tax rate as well. It's not only a fast pass; it's also like a discount, right? Club. Now it, it's like the the Costco card of marijuana sales. I guess <laughs> it's so good you'll go ow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Teal, tell us about. And you did. But was so there a line the for, next time for my eighth that was yeah. priced at forty? I basically paid fifty dollars because the extra ten is all the taxes. So the first time I went, I spent a hundred dollars. And the second time I went, I spent $50. But, I mean, at the strength that they make this stuff, oh, it's going to last me a long time. Oh, sure. And then when you think how much some people are paying for, like, real prescriptions for pain. Right. Um, you know, or any some other type of yeah. medicine. Tell me how much, what is it, that Celebrex? That's probably 50 bucks a month, and it doesn't even get you high. <laughs> 
So, yes. So, my experience with uh, the stores. Yeah. Uh, a, gotta get right up on it. Sorry, it was a quiet, stormy night. No. Um, so, the first time I actually went was years ago when I was in California. And I walked in there and felt I had been a longtime smoker. Uh, and then I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing all this time. I had just missed out on all these different factoids. Um, but yeah, I went to Colorado when they legalized it for everybody mm-hmm. on a business trip. And that's when I learned that edibles, probably not the best thing for me, especially on a business trip. Oh, yes. I, I remember this. <laughs> I ate about, I ended up eating about 100 milligrams of foods. And You're probably just hungry. And oh, I bet he was hungry when he was done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of paranoia. Yeah. I was worried because my eyes were just bloodshot red. Just horribly so. But, yeah. Next morning I woke up and uh, went to work. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Went to work. And, then, yeah, it, was, it ended up being okay. Well, thank goodness for that. So what because... happened... Um, Yes. At least you could put pants on. Well, yeah. But I remember, um, yes. Didn't you go like to a park too? Didn't you go walk it off? Yeah. When you you go too far down the rabbit hole, you got to walk it off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, when I was really bad, I actually ended up walking back and forth like some meth head inside of my uh, hotel room trying to work my body enough to get my, uh, you know, get it through my system. What did you get when you went to the uh, the store last week? You went last weekend. Yeah, I got my I got myself a uh, two eighths of uh, no, excuse me, two quarters, correct, of good quality indica and a sativa. So you got both two. You didn't yeah. get a hybrid, but you got two. Yeah. So you went to the fan. upper echelon, I third did. tier. Well, you know, if you're going to go big, go big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they you know I walked in there and I'm like, okay, so I want a real you know head high and they they'll give me an idea of different strains that i can take to you know get that buzz i don't care at the end of the day it still works the same it's just you know it's like coffee do you find um that it's more strength or less strength than the medical or the same yes is the same uh it's less strength but you don't really i i don't know if i would even notice it to be honest, because, uh, you know, at the top tier, you're looking at something like 25% THC. And I think medical is, you know, 40, 50, 60%. So you just smoke less of that. Okay. So you have a much higher tolerance because you've been doing it a while. And Rochelle has not been doing it for like over a decade, really, maybe a couple of occasions. And so to know that she would have be sending me text messages with her freak out over a crumb knowing what has happened to me and the occasions where I've tried even like a gummy bear uh, and had a, you know, a, such a sudden drop in blood pressure that I'm going to die. I have no business, no business at all. Like even trying a minuscule of your crumb. If it's not going to be fun, then what's the fun of trying 
That comes into any drug that you're going to use. It's like if you're going to go <laughs> right. in all scared, you're going to have that bad trip. You right. know, I can barely do a tequila shot anymore. Like, I just can't do it, you know. I, and, and that's not to say I don't need to relax because I certainly need to relax. Well, you, but, have to, <clears throat> you have to realize that if you're winding yourself up prior to it, then anything that you experience can be interpreted as a bad result. So part of it is just remembering what it was like to be a teenager and just kind of like letting go and seeing what happens. Uh, that's difficult. I right? know for a control freak like you, it's probably <laughs> going to be a little difficult. Um, so where does all this money go? You ask? No. What, what is the... Where, I just give them my money because now no, I not your, and not Not your money, jail. but all of the taxes. So the idea is to bring in approximately... 166 million a year that would go to community colleges, mm, yes, local police and fire, <laughs> local and state transportation projects, public health and criminal justice programs, all of that stuff. But the first thing I think was on the ballot was schools. And of course, like I'm a teacher, so I'm like, okay, well, this will be yeah. good. We'll get some money. But what does that actually mean? And who gets that money? Yeah, and who I'm, gets that green from the green? Who gets that green? And now I'm starting to wonder where where that goes. And that kind of ties into the next stuff I want to talk about, which, Teal, you don't really need to hang around for this <laughs> part anymore. You don't you want to. Bye. Bye. You're, yes, free. you're free. You can go chew your ice in another room, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't really help. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could stick around, but yes. So, yes, go enjoy your uh, video game and pot. Go enjoy. Right. Yes, enjoy. Thank you. Goodbye, our special guest. Bye-bye. No, I have to say, overall, there was nothing shifty or untoward about the experience at all. That was great. How do you feel um, as a parent? That's actually an excellent question. Uh, just because now my child is at the age of 15 and... Uh, with so much um, access to marijuana, with it being recreational, is it is it the new liquor cabinet to dip into? Right, because certainly he knows what it is. He's yeah. heard the word. I mean, oh it's, well, God, his grandma it. smoked it the entire time he was a child, and and that was my that was going to be my threat when he was in high school. If I caught him smoking weed, I wasn't going to show him the Your Brain on Drugs commercial. I was just going to tell Grandma where his weed was. <laughs> I mean, like I'll tell Grandma where your stash is at. You know. That was going to be my big threat. It. Yeah, she'll smoke it, all of it, because oh lordy, could she, could that woman smoke some marriage hooch? Boy oh boy, um, you know, <laughs> that's that's difficult. I don't think smoking pot is as bad as drinking. I totally stand behind that. If I'm going to catch the kid doing something, I'd much rather catch him smoking weed than drinking alcohol. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. I find alcohol to be far more detrimental. I don't know why. I, I couldn't tell you why I consider it that way. It's a big part of culture now. I don't know. When my child asked, you know, are you doing this? I said, yes, it, it's legal now. I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm going to partake. And he was like, well, when do I get to do it? I said, when you turn 21 and you can walk your happy ass into the dispensary and purchase your own, that's when you get to do it. 
And it's the same way with alcohol. When do you get to have a beer? When you turn 21 and you can go to the store and get one yourself. And I certainly hope that when you reach that age, you will do uh, (laughs) what it seems like only I and my family have been able to do, which is use it responsibly. Use it as an enjoyable thing. It's not something you need every day. Definitely not. Um, Recreational is exactly how I want you to picture it. This is a recreational activity. This right. is you don't go to the water fun. slide or Disneyland. Yeah. You, know, every you don't get a big day. surf every single day. No. You do it a couple of times during the summer. You, don't play you know, golf every day. Exactly. I could play goofy golf every day, but you know, I, so. the biggest thing is I don't want to be hypocritical. Um, when I was younger and my mom and my stepdad smoked pot all the whole time I was in high school, they hid it from me for the most part. Um, and it, looking back, when my mom told me that she smoked pot that entire time, I was like, wow, I mean, it definitely explains some of your behaviors. But I didn't, I wasn't really happy about the fact that they hid it from me. And the moment that they thought I was around the type of people that were likely to do that sort of thing that they got on my case about it, that's hypocritical. I'm sorry, right. that really is. So when my son asked me if I was going to do it, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm going to. But that's because I'm an adult and it's legal for me to do so. And when you get to that age, good luck, you know, right. there you go. Um, I don't know. Like, am I worried about him getting into my pot? I don't know. Maybe. We'll have to you see. What, this is all very new. It is all very new. So we'll new. have to see what happens. But I wanted to ask that as we segue into a parents and pupils next part of our show this might be like a longer episode but also because the whole fact that it's legalized made me wonder about the systems we have in place that is through this legalization also promoting a sort of like additional racial disparities Mm, and it seems like it is and I want to talk about something that happened that also is another system in place which you kind of don't wouldn't think about and this has to do with curriculum inclusion Uh okay and when i say curriculum inclusion i mean making sure that your children have access through their education system all types of information through history government literature social studies geography that gives a well-rounded understanding of the world we live in, including all the cultural diversity, um, different people in those places, no matter of their political party or, you know, you want to talk about the Republicans and the Whigs and the mm-hmm. Democrats and everything along the way and all the writers in place, etc. Wouldn't you? Isn't that how you would want it? Yes. Should there not be... Um, standards in place for that yes and through our state there are Mm -hmm. in addition to common core there are all kinds of other state standards that there has to be um, you know so much discussion or so many units or hours talked about these types of books or these types of authors or this type of information and this type of science to include all of that and all of those people well in the private school not so much Mm -hmm. Uh There is nothing governing, which I have found out now after having an incident and doing some research, 
that there is really nothing governing a private school to um, ensure that those types of racial disparities are not occurring. Mm -hmm. And that is really upsetting for someone like myself who quit a job that they were unhappy with because I wasn't, um, it was just not fulfilling and I didn't feel like I was doing anything to, you know, make any real change in the world. It was just Mm -hmm. kind of blah. So to quit my job and get into a position where I'm like, Hey, I can help make the world a better place by introducing people to all of these wonderful artists and writers and poets and what have you uh, only to basically be told in so many words um you've chosen need our youth expanded we, here. we yes <laughs> to be told in no uncertain terms you can't talk about any black writers that were part of the civil rights movement What do you do when you're told that? And, oh, no, no, you can do, you can talk about black writers. Um, Just not right now, which it happens to be Black History Month. Not right now. And they can't be anyone part of the civil rights movement because um, people are just, it's too upsetting right now because not everyone um, agrees that Biden um, won the presidency and they're really upset. Like, okay, who's, who's making the decisions here? Right. Once you find out, when you start looking at these systems and listening to people talk and understand what's going on on the surface versus underneath the surface, you find out that money, it's about money and the people who it offends. And the people who it offends happen to be, in this case, a couple of parents who did not like an assignment that I gave to the students that had to do with the Amanda Gorman poem, The Hilly Climb. This was a couple days after the inauguration. It is not every day a poem um, has that type of magnitude that makes relevant news, that makes international headlines, that is written by the first youngest poet laureate that has mm-hmm. happened to be a woman and a woman of color. Um, it would be, I, I would be remiss as a person of English as a teacher of English should not give such an opportunity to my students to analyze the poem. There was nothing political about it other than where it was. In my mind, it was inspirational. It's about unity. It's about hope. It's about put all of this other crap aside that we've been dealing with for the past four years and just take a moment to come together with these inspirational words written by this young person. But apparently people did not. And when I say people, I mean, two people in particular parents did not see it that way. Well, no, th- I think the thing that surprised me uh, the most is this was a poet that was not someone foreign to them. It was a young woman, a very young woman. Sure. This this could be someone that they could feel a connection to, in my opinion. She's almost the same age as me. You know, look, a young woman in a position to do something so great. It's it's not some old guy. I can't relate to that old guy. It, you know, it's not an older woman. It's somebody they could relate directly to. It would seem to speak, to, in my opinion, to be somebody who would speak more directly to them. You would think. You would think. And therefore make it relatable. And hey, look, look, look what you can do in just a few years. Here's a young woman Here's that's a- being recognized for something other than the size of her boobs and her butt and her ability to shake it on a screen. 
Right. But no, yeah. they didn't care about that because parents were putting their own political agendas or ideologies or what have you and turning it into a whole political thing. And so all of a sudden now I'm getting emails from a particular parent. I won't say emails plural, but email singular, mm-hmm. which was enough to make it a big enough deal. You were that contacted I was directly. contacted directly and, and was basically told by, you know, my director uh, who basically washed their hands of it. So I had no protections in place. And it was clear that they didn't want me to go on with the assignment because of the money being held over their head for the school because well, sadly, it is a private school. That would be the ugly truth of that situation. That is the ugly truth of the situation, that there are no protections in place and that basically, especially here in this state, but this is not the only state because I had to do some research on it. Like, can the ACLU get in, like, who can get involved in here? Absolutely nobody. Because nobody. there is a private institution. It is a private institution and they are allowed to teach anything they want. Now, if you want to homeschool your kid, you it's the same. It's basically the same mm-hmm. as homeschooling your kid. Yes. The only difference is the people that know nothing about education who don't want to homeschool private school is the next best thing. Mm-hmm. They pay a lot of money and therefore they want it their way. And what I have learned in this particular school where there are absolutely no students who are not white is that they want their education, their literature, very white. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave me? Well, in an uncomfortable position, to be sure, a very uncomfortable position, because that's not the reason I became a teacher at all. It is the exact opposite. And so it has challenged to my very core what I believe in. At the same time, I'm not someone to just say, well, you know, fuck you, I quit and walk out. Yeah, that would be me. Right? You're like, I can't do this. <laughs> oh, my God, my it'll, middle finger itches so bad. Here, give me I'm a minute. Like, and that was very, <laughs> that was very difficult to do when I was told, no, just sit down. You listen. You listen. We need to tell you about the history between our culture and this other culture and why we're having problems with it. I will add, I'm, I will not say... No, nope, don't give any no, details. I'm not, I'm not say, there's no need, no need to give any details other than it, it is an all-white private school mm-hmm. is all people need to know. So all I can do at this point, oh, I wanted to add, though, however, that, that that was just the beginning of the assignment. So I had changed it for a few individuals. Okay, fine, we'll do some other poetry. Um, no, that's, I was told pol- politics does not belong in, in literature class. I hate to inform oh, wow. these, in, these individuals. Yeah. Um, Politics is a big part of literature, whether you're speaking to politics directly or or indirectly or any of it. Yes. Politics, culture, history, all of it is all wrapped into the why people write literature in the first place. Yep. And it becomes part of the conversation. And yes, we need to talk about it. Um, We're not choosing sides here. This is about getting students to understand how to make evidence-based claims and have an opinion and then back it up with evidence, no matter what we're talking about. But no, it just really disappointed me to my core that parents, white parents, felt that they were doing justice by trying to tell me um, how to teach an English class. Basically, basically, yes, how to teach an English class. So after that assignment didn't work, and the backup poetry assignment that was also some poetry readings and an inauguration were also not good. So fine, I gave some speeches, commencement speeches, by a particular Maya Angelou, told, no, I can't do her either, and then was told, well, why? And then there was silence, and then I was like, it's because she's black. 
it just say the word and I'm saying this out loud it's because she's black just admit it no it's because she's civil rights okay well please explain to me how we can have a conversation about black history month with students which you could have anywhere else in any uh, any public school really who wants to educate their students about this and diversity and culture and what's going on especially now with George Floyd and all of this other stuff that has really heightened our conversation about race and relations and optics in our country and you're going to tell me it's just because she's civil rights we have to be able to have these conversations because most of the individuals we have that are african-american a lot of them belong to the civil rights movement because that is part of our discussion mm-hmm. so whom who am i going to talk about who am i going to find what am i going to do also i want to add that some the people that complained are the only ones who knew who these names were mm-hmm. <clears throat> so i had to find people whose names they didn't know and that's that is what i'm doing that is what i'm using to my advantage yeah but i was basically asked where where and what other institution would you be asked this stuff to your face basically asked well but she she's black too why are you choosing like three black authors in a row like i'm being asked this i'm like because it's black history month and they're like oh okay well that's the yeah I'm like what well, that's the problem Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, no, it's not a problem at all. It's not a problem at all. If you look at the literature book, we have lots of black artists in the book. And then, and then, and then here comes the embarrassing parts. We, I have nothing wrong with, this is not me talking. This mm-hmm. is, this yeah. is my bad quoting. This is my bad paraphrasing. We have nothing wrong with, we had a black teacher here. We have a black person at our church. I have right? a friend who's black. I, I can't have, possibly be racist. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly, <laughs> that's what exactly what it was. Like. That's exactly what it sounded like. And I am just like, it It bothered me to my core that I really had to hold it together mm-hmm. and spent the whole like four days just t- crying inside my soul about it. And I have more thoughts on this, on the particular group, etc. ironies, but that... People have told me it seems ironic that who's for someone who is not um, any way religious like myself, how I have somehow found myself in a position at several different schools, a couple of different ones, you know, university and um, high school, right? That happen to be religious based, religious centric, different, definitely. different ones, different well, ones, and I'm and my eyes are opening to this world, and in some cases where you would think things would be more stern and strict and maybe even anti-LGBTQ or anything like that, right. has been very opposite and have been very opening and welcome, despite what the optics might be in the public for them. Sure. And then on the other end, where you thought certain groups would be more open because of a particular history of oppression, etc., that they may have experienced are the exact opposite and again i don't want to blanket entire cultures here Mm -hmm. because we're talking about a couple of bad apple parents sure a couple of bad apples where everyone else didn't have any problem with the assignment but things like this are again systems in place in our culture that you don't really think of um, unless you have the opportunity to to see that other side and that's why Mm -hmm. i wanted to start with the marijuana thing like oh that's great everyone can just go get their marijuana now isn't that awesome well what's the other side to that story there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of people that you know had a freaking pipe in their car that are you know most of which happen to be black 
I I would definitely say that I'm very happy that it's off the table that if you are stopped that that becomes the oh I smell marijuana I need to search your car right now type thing no you don't smell marijuana and I I can't fight this with you because it's you having an opinion about what you smell and then basically looking for a reason to bust somebody. This at least takes that off the table. Do you so, know what I mean? Yes. Can you see the analogy then between that yes. and the same thing as a parent? Yes. They, what are they looking to smell? Right. You know, the thing that, that struck me the most out of all of this. Okay. As a parent, my child is going to public school. I am not paying directly for his education. Sure, my taxes are going towards it, but I am not making a direct payment to that institution to educate my child, okay? Believe me when I tell you, I am smart enough to know that I am not a teacher, nor am I about to tell any of the teachers at his school how to teach him. I'm, I'm not an idiot, but I'm not a teacher. I trust their judgment. And unless... It was something really outrageous. I'm going to let them teach. I'm going to say, there's a reason they're teaching this. There's there's an end point to this that is beneficial. If I were shelling out money to a private school, I can tell you I would be less likely to question the motivations of those teachers. Right, because you should trust Generally, in, in that institution. In right? a private, in the private setting, they should the really teachers know. are... Um, I want to say of a higher caliber Absolutely. to a certain extent, you you get what you pay for. I pay nothing for my child's ed- education. Right. I would assume that paying into a private school, um, I am expecting uh, Even a, higher a higher caliber of teachers. So and to question that to me is really offensive. Yes. Offensive and ridiculous and um, entitled. Pardon me. And extremely entitled. Yeah. When... When should it be that parents with money should dictate curriculum? It should never be. It they should, should be never. two separate things. You either trust our judgment as a school to provide a quality education for your child, or you don't. Right. It's, it's as black and white as that. And that is a failure of the administration in place, plain and simple. Other things you have to remember if you're not in Arizona is that the standards for regular public school teaching are rather small. They were bachelor's degree, but at this point, mm-hmm. desperate uh, schools who need teachers desperate can do Desperate times a, lead to desperate measures. Can do a, um, like a teacher prep or, you know, continuation program where you can earn your bachelor's in education or whatever while you are teaching. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you don't even necessarily have to have that. Looking at the, what is needed for private schools, there is actually nothing there are oh, no really there are actually i could be a teacher there yes probably. all right today's lesson there. is <laughs> fireworks and the best ways to throw them at the people you know there are actually that none. is a big surprise but but that's the state so okay. the state doesn't say there are there are very few standards and again there's nothing with curriculum but this the school in and of itself will probably have their own standards um usually like particular schools want at least for you to have a master's degree but if they can't they probably want a bachelor's degree but there's nothing that the state is holding them to Mm. there's nothing saying oh you your your teachers need to at least have a bachelor's degree but you're right it's exactly like you said that you would expect if you are paying the money large sums of money i I might add Mm -hmm. large sums of money sure sums of money that would add up to 
um, about what a Harvard PhD is. And I know this because I've been looking lately to think, well, this is how I saw the problem. I'm going to have to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get my doctorate so I can work on um, equality and inclusion in curriculum. Mm-hmm. That I think I need to maybe have a mission right. to make sure that we end these type of disparities. Because if we can't teach, and, here, and here's the problem with it. I can tell from these students what parents talk about at home. Mm. You can see in the way they act and the things they say. You know, the demerits I've had to give with children yelling out political things that they know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And this is without me bringing anything up. This is just hearing them talk. You know, they're too young and and naive to come up with their own ideas just yet. Some of these are Mm 14-year-olds. They don't know shit. But as we talked earlier, you were... You had comments, um, you know, a few episodes ago about how your son has been listening to like certain podcasts, oh, and yes. certain political things, and yep. drawing his own opinions based oh, on yes. still a lot of. And he's very detect- political for for a child his age, right? And this isn't for anything you're talking about no. in the house. He's Mm-mm. you know exploring things on on his own, but someone, yeah, he's getting ideas in his head that are, you know, he's not fully informed, <laughs> right? And I've and instead of shooting him down although god i'm tempted to i will take a portion of it and i will have him try to think of it and deconstruct his opinion um because he is at the age where he cannot separate opinion from fact so readily and sometimes he really embraces and i know that's the hormones that because it is his opinion it just stands to be that it should also be fact i'll give you a quick example the other night um on the news they were talking about how doses of the vaccine had been wasted because they had been out too long and they had gotten too warm and he says you know i don't get that i don't think they should have to refrigerate the vaccination (laughs) and i said Okay, but that's an opinion. Let's talk about why. I said, many vaccines are refrigerated. Do you not know that? Don't you remember when we go get vaccinations? They're cold. They have to thaw them out for a moment. But when they stick them in your arm, it's cold. I said, why do you you think that is? And he's like, well, uh, you know, let me let me pinpoint you to the fact that you don't know what you're talking about without looking at him and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, so let me steer you into acknowledging that you don't know what you're talking about and then steer you into perhaps Googling or using a logical thought process as to why this would be the they case. So I said, okay, well, what do you, you know, what do you think is in a vaccine? And it, it had just been on the, the news. They were talking about it and they talked about how it was, was it NRNA or mRNA? I can't remember. Basically it was RNA in the vaccine. I said, well, a live culture of yeah, some kind that RNA. will die if it's not ribo, refrigerated, right? Ribonucleic acid. It's like keeping your milk I think it's mRNA. Cold. So instead of being like DNA, which is dioxyribonucleic acid. Oh, that, you're getting fancy on me. Right. So you know how a, a vaccine for a virus works? They don't give you the entire DNA structure of the virus. They give you, a they give piece you pieces of it. And your body builds. And antibodies. your body fights those little pieces and then it learns to recognize and it keeps the antibodies for those little pieces. And that way when it encounters the entire DNA structure of the virus, it says, oh, I know what this shit is. Let's get these antibodies going. Yeah, but your 15 year old doesn't know anything yeah, about so, that. Right. And I go, okay, so now that we know it's little pieces of DNA, 
When DNA is left out at room temperature, what happens to it? What happens? And he goes, oh, I guess it decays. Mm. I said, yeah, it sure does. That RNA decays at room temperature. Like anything else organic, it's going to decay. And I said, so why do they keep it cold? And he goes, oh, okay, just like in, like, like in the fridge or in the freezer. You know, yeah. the meat won't rot because it's, it's, it's too cold for those bacteria to take effect. I said, yeah. And so when it gets up to like, say, room temperature and it's ready to go into somebody's body... I said, how long do you think those white blood cells take to encounter it? He's like, oh, I don't know, you know, like a few days. I said, no, the initial count encounter is right away. And then they call out reinforcements. And that's why usually you wake up the next day feeling kind of shitty because your immune system's really gearing up to fight. Right. But it gets encountered right away. See, this is the way you should talk to your children is that, you know, it's a good thing he doesn't immediately take to every ideology you oh god hold. sometimes it feels like he does <laughs> he just parrots and parrots and parrots but then he quite you know you get him to think about his beliefs and things and then he has to go out and find them on its own well you know it's you know i, I don't see a, I, I see that for some of my students and sure that's great but you can see where like the apple is not falling far from the tree right and if i'm going to be an educator in this time in our culture um, I need to fight against that. And I fight against that by trying to expand students' worldview that is part of my teaching philosophy it, so everyone can p- feel the empathy and put yourself in someone else's shoes mm-hmm. by reading their literary literary experience, being um, exposed to different types of artists and poets and writers and everything. And until you can see the experience of others who don't look like you, who have other types of trials and tribulations, Mm -hmm. how will you ever see past the mirror of yourself? Well, I lucked out there by, because my husband is Indian. My son definitely had early exposure to a completely different culture than the one he was accustomed to right and not only that he had a way to connect to that culture by family members that he could form emotional attachments with not just like oh i went to india and indians were really cool to me but no like my grandma my grandpa i really like this one uncle i love my cousins he has that emotional structure of attachment to that completely different culture that's so healthy. I exactly. Think. I think it really does create, and I, and I couldn't have done that by it's myself. A, it's a larger worldview. It is a larger worldview. Um, but I, I'm, <laughs> this is why my favorite thing to say about children is lie to children. <laughs> lie to your children because the world will lie to them. They should not take everything that comes out of your mouth as truth. As truth. They need to learn to think for themselves on the dumbest things at first. But like then the is things Santa get, Claus real? Yeah, but then the things get, per, they get progressively harder. Sure, especially in a fake news culture mm-hmm. that we have right now. Right. So that is a little taste. I didn't go into full details. There's no need to, but you get an idea of like, you know, what I am dealing with. And there's been a lot of glances into you know, the systems we have in place. It and, really seems to me like there are two different types of children. There are the type of children that just believe anything you tell them. And then there are the type of children, like my kid, anything I that I say that comes out of my mouth, he, <laughs> he just wants to argue with and assumes is wrong. Because I've taught him to question what I say. Now I, I think the hardest part is now as a teenager, I really have to 
teach him to question what the media says to him. Sure. You know, and the, the trick is that they will say it to you in a way that seems completely believable. And it's coming from a person that they can um, idolize and find a way to connect with. But you still have to question those people. Oh, my God, he loves him some Joe Rogan. Let me tell you, anything Joel Rogan says is golden. Yeah, that has nothing to do with you. I had no idea where he gets that. But well, this, Joe Rogan is very manly. He's funny. He's it's testosterone-based. It's yes, it's reverent power. Here's I the think. thing. So his dad is a very manly man, but my husband is not one to discuss much. He likes to watch movies. He's a bit introverted. He's we'll a say. bit well, yeah. Other than his TikTok, you know, he likes to make his videos. My husband is a simple man, and I like it that way just fine. He is a man of simple tastes and pleasures. I love it. It's great, you know, because I always know what to expect from him. <laughs> um, John is not that way. My son is complicated. And introspective and capable of really deep thought and opinions. Okay. And it, it, not that that's bad. That's great. We've had some really interesting conversations, but it does make the relations between the two of them difficult at times. Well, we finally found something that they connect with, and that is money, the stock market, you know, discussing those sorts of things because they keep coming to me to discuss it. And I'm like, would you guys just go talk to each other? Cause I really don't give a shit about this. <laughs> But I, I mean, I can be opinionated, but I don't have the testosterone. Joe Rogan brings the te- testosterone and the opinions to the table. Well, and you don't tell and there your are child others. exactly what to think. You give him no. the freedom. Uh-uh. You know, I, a private school should not be here. Teach my child exactly what I believe. That why no, are you why sending, are you why even sending, sending your, your child to elsewhere to get an education? So I think that I think that in that case, we are talking about people who are controlling. And they are used to getting their way because of their ability to... To be white. No, I was going to say to pay to get their way. Um, But I don't think that that offers the best education for your children. Because it does not teach them how to deal with a world that is not acquiescing to their demands. And it won't. No, it won't. Not eventually. And that's going to... You know what? And that when that lesson rolls around, that's going to be a cold, hard lesson to learn. Having those same biases is not going to benefit anybody, mm-hmm. I don't think. It, it just, it made me very sad. But um, I'm hopeful. See, I think it's good that you stuck it out. Because the only way to really deal with things like that is to persevere. Right, otherwise I would just leave and someone else would come in and acquiesce. But you know what I and think is interesting? So a couple of your, your bigger teaching jobs have led you to instruction in an environment that... Uh, has religious undertones and I wonder if it's because either those locations have a harder time getting teachers because it's more difficult to teach in those environments well it's starting to look a lot like the where where I've had this particular problem there's a reason why there might have been some openings Mm -hmm. and the way it was worded to me before that yes there might have been some issues with past teachers and the same types of um curriculum oh and I, I like yeah but i think it's we'll funny say. that that they believe that the the problem pattern is not themselves when the common denominator is them yes how interesting mm-hmm. but, it seems you know. like but i say stick it out persevere and continue and be subversive about it okay you don't want me to pick this poet 
because you know about this poet. Well, so then let me pick one that you don't that's know That's exactly what I did. Yeah. The, the disappointing part in that is I can't say, hey, this, this person is a black writer, this and that. And I just had to erase all that and say, hey, we're going to read this person mm-hmm. and here's what they wrote. And it happens to be a non-white person, mm-hmm. but I can't make that a focus. But so to me, I got the literature in there. Yeah. And got you them still to read it, it to the table and got them to wise. experience what are they talking, you know, a- analyze the, the literature, got them to analyze oh, the literature, but me. without them being able to put a face to a name. So I don't know if that's, you know, a detriment. See, and here I was thinking that legalizing marriage a hooch would calm this whole state down. <laughs> well, it's calmed one of us down. <laughs> Just 8.9 million to go, I suppose. I guess so. <laughs> so we'll see. With all of this happening right now, I'm in my eyes getting open to, you know, some different biases that I thought weren't there. The world is a very interesting place. But with that said, I might... It might be time to just go back for my PhD. Is what you know. I'm, the interesting thing is, perhaps this is an excellent way for you to see the direction of your PhD, and and how can you become an you know an expert in something without living through the experience, right? Well, it's going to make for a great paper or essay or book. I have book. a feeling th- this is not going to be the last school that's going to have these types of growing pains coming within the next five to it ten years. It might not even be the last time I see this problem at no. this school or the last no. time I see this problem somewhere else. Well, and like you said, you had pursued avenues of what can I do about this and the answer was nothing. No, the answer is nothing now. But perhaps in the future, if you look at what can I do about this moving forward. Or you forward, think it's nothing, but just wait. Well, once you have a doctorate, you can sort of pave the way of how do we pursue repercussions for this type of behavior in the education right. system. There needs to be um, regulations yeah. in place. If there you ha- can't find you somebody to do it, be the person who can do it. Exactly. So I'm thinking about that. I got lots to think well, about. You just want to be Dr. Tracy. They already Dr. Call me Tracy, professor. professor Black. That's Dr. Black. With that, we've had a lot. uh, um, We've talked about a lot of topics in this discussion that all kind of come together. Not quite a causal chain, but they they chain together in various ways. And I would love to hear any of our listeners' opinions on what we talked about. If you have a story similar, a story that you thought of by listening to what we were talking about, we'd love to hear it. So any of those comments, concerns, questions, stories, naked pictures for Rochelle. Yay. Any of that stuff. Oh, hey, if you have any type of a background or education in the finer arts of picking marijuana, um, <laughs> and you'd like to suggest a train, uh, a strain, I should say, a strain to Miss Tracy Plain. Uh, or, Tracy no, Black not here. me. I can't yeah. forget it. I'm going to just eat my Lady I'm, Gaga Oreo. <laughs> Ew, no, they were terrible. You, they were they, you said terrible. they were fine. Well, write to us at G-A-L, feedback at galpodcast.com. That is feedback at galpodcast. Oh, you know what I want to know about the Lady Gaga Oreos? Why was there no ed- edible glitter? I think she moved, missed an opportunity. Shouldn't you know, there have been edible glitter in there? I have edible glitter for the macarons that I keep yeah. trying to Didn't that seem make. like a given in that god-awful green cream that just tasted like I'm just, I think the whole thing should have been more rainbow and there should have been like a fruity pebbles flavor. It was mm-hmm. just kind of definitely a, a weird flavor you weren't expecting. Yeah, it, like it should rose have been water like, and pistachio. Right. Yeah. Something what did like I that. say? Uh, I had water. said anise and you said anise and rose water. Yeah. That would have been disgusting. I hate yeah, it. exactly. How about, how about bergamot and lavender? You know, <laughs> <laughs> there should have been a dried orchid pressed into each cookie. I it, I was just, I don't and know, glitter. maybe expecting more. Yes. Edible glitter, glitter. everywhere. It, actually, when you opened it, it should have shot out like, 
a rainbow of edible glitter. All right, on that note, let your kids learn what they're going to learn. Right, but keep them away from the dope until they're 21. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, bye. bye.